This week's podcast is supported by the Modern Art Museum of Fort Worth and their wonderful Tuesday evenings at the Modern lecture series. Like many of the things that have defined our schedules and activities over the past few weeks, Tuesday evenings at the Modern must reconfigure. The Modern Art Museum of Fort Worth invites you to join them as usual on Tuesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. for Being There, Revisiting Tuesday Evenings at the Modern, a rebroadcast of past lectures on YouTube. Terry Thornton, the Curator of Education, will introduce each presentation with an online chat to follow. Visit themodern.org for more information. That's T-H-E-M-O-D-E-R-N dot org to see the lectures and for more information. Hello and welcome to Art Dirt, a podcast where we at Glass Tire talk about topical art topics. Uh, I'm Brandon Zeck. I am Christina Reese. And just like this past Art Dirt, uh, the first Art Dirt where we kind of talked about the coronavirus and its possible effects and implications on Texas art, Texas organizations, and Texas artists, we're going to put a timestamp on this one. We don't normally do that because it's not normally as uh, relevant, but being as we're covering stuff that is happening now and progressing, we're going to do it. It's March 26th. That's a Thursday. And right now it's about 3 p.m., one of the things we're kind of, we've obviously been tracking is not just what's been going on in Texas, but we're looking at the news about what's happening to the arts everywhere. Um, it's dire. It's not good. I feel like our last conversation, which would have run, by the time we aired this Art Dirt, it will have run uh, exactly two weeks before. You know, we talked about major museums being able to kind of sweat this out due to their endowments, um, etc., uh, I feel bad about even saying that out loud now, uh, without knowing enough about, you know, we don't, we're not in their books, we're not in their accounting, and we don't know just how much revenue they get from their public programming and their ticket sales, etc. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> one thing is, um, on the 18th of March, the New York Times ran a story about the Met Museum, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and its preparation to lose a uh, hundred million dollars, uh, Mm-hmm. and be closed until July or through July and all of the painful layoffs it will be making today. Um, there was a, wow. Mass Mocha made an announcement yeah. about its cutbacks, which was just, it's devastating. They're laying off 120 of 165 employees. That's a significant portion of that town's economy because Mass Mocha is not in a huge yeah. urban center. It's very much, it's kind of like the Chinati Foundation or it's kind of like Marfa. It's like Mass Mocha employs a fair portion of that town and also is responsible, I think, for a lot of that town's um, tourism. Yeah, yeah. North Adams, Massachusetts. And so... Uh, and Masmoka is a thing that has just been growing and it has, um, you know, staked so much of its growth on a very strong economy, which so many institutions have done over the last, you know, handful of years, for sure. And it's become quite a name in the, you know, in the national arts. Um, we also, um, we ran news on this about the San Francisco Art Institute probably closing permanently. This very storied, acclaimed uh 
you know, visual art college in Northern California, which was struggling a bit anyway and looking for various kinds of partnerships in order to stay open. Mm -hmm. But this COVID-19 situation is probably going to tank it and probably permanently. Christina, I think the kind of symptom of us maybe talking about the last art dirt that we didn't really think through or that we, I mean, I, I feel like no one was really truly realizing it at the time is the the long-term implication of earned revenue on places that rely so much on that and them being closed for four months or more Mm -hmm. um like Mm -hmm. the the mass mocha in their announcement they said that 70 percent of their operating budget comes from earned revenue which you know is ticket sales programs um not necessarily even like fundraisers or specific kinds of things like that and that's one of the things we saw the alley theater recently in houston uh they canceled the rest of their season and had to lay off 75 percent of their staff and people who were making over a certain amount took salary cuts i mean places that rely so much on people coming to their spaces are may end up being some of the worst hit and i think that's a lot of larger museums and i think that's something we didn't take really into account and something that a lot of people weren't really thinking about before we kind of saw everything grind to a halt. Right. And I would like to get to you in just a minute. I'd like to get to um, a sort of pervasive attitude amongst the sort of the right wing, as well as the administration, that the arts are not particularly important. Before that, however, I think we do need to say that today, yesterday and today and tomorrow, this is when this $2 trillion federal stimulus deal is meant to go through and be approved. And, Whereas the Metropolitan Museum of Art and art organizations were hoping for, what were they hoping for? $4 billion out of that stimulus? I believe they were lobbying, yeah, for $4 billion. However, um, if what is proposed right now ends up actually passing, uh, it's mm-hmm. going to be $75 million to the NEA, the National Endowment for the Arts, and $75 million to the National Endowment for the Humanities. Um, That's right. There's also specific funding uh, like for the Kennedy Center and for some other very specific cultural institutions. The Institute of Museum and Library Services is going to get $50 million. You know, um, the $75 million for the NEA in this in this particular stimulus, it is more than they got for the last, uh, for the 2008, during the 2008 recession, but this is also going to be a much bigger recession and a much longer recession. And it's also having such a, an incredibly direct impact on all of the arts so immediately and so pointedly that, you know, a lot of people think that this 75 million to the NEA, uh, 75 to the NEH, just, it's just not going to be enough money. It's not going to be enough money to save people's asses, to save museums, to save art organizations. One of the things around that is also with this money, uh, kind of unlike normal grant stuff. So for organizations, a lot of times there's maybe more specific uh, requirements around grants or the requirements that organizations come up with funds that match grants. Congress did uh, mm. waive some of those requirements. So this kind of is very specifically a a bailout really for arts nonprofits and for the NEA and for the NEH to uh, distribute. It's not necessarily run like a normal grant, which I know other nonprofit people out there will appreciate that. That's a slightly nuanced thing that if you're not part of the nonprofit world is less important to you. But for those of us that deal with organizations and deal with the finances, that's a, a really important distinction to make in this bill. Yeah. And also just another quick mention that 
uh, Glass Tire is a nonprofit and has always been a nonprofit. Um, so one thing that perhaps this uh, federal bailout and the administration uh, and those putting it together, this whole thing together, have maybe overlooked or uh, certainly the the more uh, rightward leaning ones is that there are at least five million jobs associated with the arts and culture, probably far more than that. The last statistic came in in uh, 2017. You know, there was a, a study done in Seattle. There are nearly three times as many arts attendees in, in the city of Seattle or in the Seattle metropolitan area than there are sports attendees. The idea that the arts is not a massive generator of revenue in this country is completely wrong. Um, it is a massive generator of jobs, massive generator of revenue. So it does kind of feel like the 75 million to this and the 75 million to, to that is paltry uh, in a $2 trillion package deal, you know? I think one of the reasons, Christina, that we feel so strongly about this and so strongly about the money that's going to be coming to organizations is because we at Glass Tire uh, pay attention to a lot of other organizations and individual artists, but also because we're able to actively track the impact um, that our own website and that our own mission has. Uh, we see people visiting the website from Texas, but also far beyond from the rest of the United States and also from uh, all over the world. Well, you know, if you look, we, we run analytics on our own website and we can tell you all that last year, well, certainly our biggest audience is in Texas um, and in our Texas cities. Um, we have readers all over the world and we can track that in live time. We can see that people in Peru and London and, uh, you know, and Paris and Portugal are reading our website, uh, believe it or not, they do. And, you know, they're led there by certain Google searches or there are Texans who are living abroad or, uh, but we get traffic from everywhere. And uh, I don't know, I don't know what we're trying to say by saying this other than the fact that in a sense, Texas is, it's such a big economy. We're the second most populous state in, in the U.S. And, uh, and we're the ones who are covering the art across the entire state. I think that there are going to be federal grants also for nonprofits um, that are, I don't know if they're loans or grants, I don't know if they're forgivable loans or if they're grants, uh, that they will give to nonprofits who vow to not lay off any staff. Um, I think all the nonprofits in Texas that are arts groups that are small enough and that qualify for this need to be looking into it. Well, yeah, and one of the things is, you know, we kind of use Glass Tire as an example a lot because we work within Glass Tire and we are a small nonprofit and we kind of know how it is to be a small nonprofit and to use Glass Tire as an example of that. But we haven't heard from a lot of uh, other smaller nonprofits about how they're being affected at this point. And it's because, you know, the Metropolitan can uh, easily grab a headline saying that they're going to have a $100 million budgetary shortfall. But places uh, of the same kind of quality or of the same um, history in New York uh, that are smaller still and that don't have, you know, a $3.3 billion endowment are going to suffer the same proportionally and aren't going to really be on people's radar. And I think that's going to be very much the same here in Texas. Like, I wouldn't be surprised mm -hmm. if we start hearing from Texas's larger institutions about either kind of necessary layoffs based on the fact that there are some employees at institutions that just simply can't work from home. You know, I'm thinking of all of the people who are kind of the the 
cogs that actually make the museum work and that are the front facing mm-hmm. parts of museums that uh, people deal with every day. They're the people that are essential to the job, but they're the people who are essential to the visitor experience. Right. No, you're exactly right. If you're social distancing and you're missing artist talks, lectures, and public programs, then we have a solution for you. Our podcast sponsor this week, the Modern Art Museum of Fort Worth, invites you to join them as usual on Tuesdays from 7 to 8 p.m. for Being There, revisiting Tuesday evenings at the Modern, a rebroadcast of the museum's acclaimed lecture series on YouTube. Each presentation will feature an introduction by Terry Thornton, curator of education at the modern and will be followed by an online chat this is something to do and a great way to spend your time for more information visit themodern.org that's t-h-e-m-o-d-e-r-n themodern.org And museums, no matter how big your endowment is, use the Met as an example, can only afford to keep moving forwards with everything for a certain amount of time before it just becomes impossible, no matter what the stimulus package or the bailout or whatever you want to call what's happening ends up being. Also, the deal of $75 million, I I think the Met in that article said that their payroll was around... I think it was $16 million a month. So even if that entire yeah. stimulus package, I, I could be wrong on that number, but it was somewhere between, I want to say, 12 and $18 million. So even if that entire stimulus package just went to one institution, if it just went to the Met, you know, it would be able to sustain the museum for five months, less than five months. Mm. Um, and mm. of course, that's, that's not how that's going to work. So the rollout is really going to affect everyone and it's going to be so it's going to be one of those things i think that's going to be really gradual and then feel really sudden yeah i believe that that's true too and and we don't know what uh various states and cities are going to set up yet i mean this is still to some degree this is still early days um i was talking to somebody on the phone yesterday who knows quite a bit about higher education who was sounding uh, an alarm essentially saying that she thinks that a number of colleges and universities are actually going to shut because of this, not just San Francisco Art Institute. Well, with that also, you have some art school students. I know the students at Yale uh, specifically were asking for tuition refunds. I mean, one of the things yeah. about the arts is that it's really hard to do that from home or to do that distance. Like if you're studying mathematics or engineering, you can have online courses, you can bring your textbook home, but to bring your entire studio home or to bring your entire practice to your small college apartment that you might be sharing with people isn't really feasible. And part of what schools offer to these students is space, resources, and time that they just won't be getting right now. Yeah, not only that, but they're going to have a truly useless degree. If the arts are gutted completely in this country and worldwide, then they are getting a degree, you know, in a in a real hot economy. There is some, you know, not guarantee for anybody, but as somebody who goes to Yale, or to art school at Yale, maybe has some sense that when they graduate, they'll get a job in the arts. I mean, maybe they're not going to be a working artist who makes a lot of money making paintings, but they'll get a job in New York City at a gallery, or they'll get a job as a, you know, a studio assistant to a major artist, whatever, or they'll teach. But now, 
Now, we don't know that there are going to be any jobs in the arts or it will be so reduced, you know, by, I don't know. I mean, I could make dire projections myself, but something like 70% of all arts jobs are going to disappear for several years, maybe longer. You know, they want their money back because they're getting a useless piece of paper. Yeah. So one of the things, you know, as we kind of begin to see that this is a much longer road than I think many of us thought it was going to be, even, you know, I I personally kind of thought it was going to be a month or two, but as we see this continue to grow and it's understandably looking at how a bunch of other countries have fared around this, it's, I mean, I don't know about you, Christina, but I feel it's going to be so much longer and so much more complicated than any of us originally thought. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So as that progresses, one of the things that we're going to be doing at Glass Tire is helping people tell their stories and also checking in with other organizations, institutions, uh, galleries, people who are going to be really, you know, hit the worst by this in terms of individuals, but also in terms of vulnerable institutions and organizations. Um, Over the next couple of weeks, you can expect to see us reporting on other nonprofits and having real honest conversations with them. Uh, We're also planning on talking to gallerists. Um, One of the things that we're also trying to do, if you haven't seen it by now, is on our website, we're doing uh, video walkthroughs that galleries, nonprofits, artist-run spaces, uh, everyone are sending us. Um, And one of the things that we haven't really said as much around that, uh, but is something that you can totally do to help out these places and these people is if you see a piece that you're interested in, in any of these walkthroughs, get in touch with the space or get in touch with the artist. Or if you have any resources right now to help artists uh, by buying their work or by making a donation to a space, try and do that. I know there have been some video walkthroughs that I've seen where I'm like, this is a really cool piece and I could just imagine it on on my wall. And maybe it's the fact that I'm just sitting and working from home and I'm looking and how I can fill my space with things that I love. <laughs> but yeah, no, absolutely. I know that we both are looking at these video walkthroughs and seeing works of art that we would love to, to have in our own houses. I'm sure many of you out there who are watching these videos feel the same way. And luckily, I mean, these videos are getting really good traffic. I, you know, I'd like to think that um, our audience is still getting to see some art just uh, by the mere virtue that we're doing the tours and um, they're, they're still coming in and we'll continue to, to post those as they come in. Um, I, this doesn't show any uh, sign of slowing down anytime soon. I think you're right though. I I think one of the reasons we haven't, um, you know, We've ha- I've certainly have picked up the phone and checked in with a lot of people, and I'm sure you've done the same thing. One of the reasons we're not reporting immediately on what's happening with galleries and museums is because we're all still kind of in these first stages of shock. Oh, yeah. No one knows. No one knows. This last week has felt like it has lasted three million years, um, and yet it's only been you know seven or eight days. And really, it's only been about two weeks since we realized that all of the museums and the galleries were going to be closed for a while. So um, we're all still getting kind of our our sea legs with this horrible pandemic uh, and trying to figure out what uh, what the next three months, six months, twelve months, two years entails in terms of our audience, in terms of our revenue, in terms of our stability. But um, we're going to still be here and reporting and talking to people and bringing news to you and bringing art to you via the website. Yeah, we will. And you can count on us to be your resource. And uh, we're going to, like I said earlier, we're going to start talking to people and we're 
adapting our own model, even though we're an online publication, we're adapting to see how we can best help out all of our friends and our coworkers and our nonprofits that really kind of make this scene and all the individual artists whose backs this art world is built on who are maybe feeling the hurt uh, worst of all because their jobs don't exist anymore. They can still make art, but their jobs uh, either in the service industry or teaching or um, doing art installation or, you know, all of the various things that artists do have to do to also support themselves have really slowed down also. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. Um, okay, so with that, keep listening. We'll be back in two weeks. We'll be back with more information, uh, more reporting. Um, also, uh, we just published on the website uh, yesterday a new, uh, it, it's a new audio series that is about, well, it's basically like a, a, a what are we calling it, a pandemic radio Oh, I don't know what, uh, since it's, uh, since it's, what, what is today? Thursday. We won't get the first one until tomorrow, which is Friday. And I think we posted on Saturday, uh, Flash Gordon Parks and Peter Lucas of Houston are putting together a radio show for us for Last Tire that we'll be running every Saturday for, I think, six weeks in a row. This is something similar. Back when Hurricane Harvey happened, uh, Peter Lucas helped put together a, a recovery radio. And just, it's it's a mix of songs. It's a way to escape a little bit. Just put it on, sit back, relax, and uh, lose yourself in some curated selections of music. Absolutely. All right, with that, uh, everyone, stay safe. Take care of yourselves. Stay well if you can, and uh, see some art. Wash your hands. See some art. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And this is Brandon with a quick note that Glass Tire is a nonprofit. If you enjoy the work we're doing and you want us to continue our coverage of organizations, artists, galleries, and everyone else in this time, please consider donating to us. Every little bit really helps, and you can make a difference. You can find more information at glasstire.com slash donate.